This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey y'all, I'm Allie Spears, and this is Ag Chicks, where we dig deep with the women who are helping to feed the world. Today, I'm sitting down with Ashley Wiesen, and we met at Natalie's Rural Rooted, which, if you've been listening to the episodes thus far through season two, is going to be a common thread between a lot of these interviews. But um, I'm so excited to sit down with her because she has a lot of things going on, and she's about to take off on a lot of things. And I know I usually give like a little blurb about whoever I'm talking about, but the best way I think to describe Ashley is her Instagram bio, so I'm just going to read it to you guys. So, owning my freedom to be authentically me, passionate about business, motherhood, and rural life, cheap wine connoisseur. And I think that is the best thing I've read in a long time. So, Ashley, with that being your um, introduction, could you tell us a little bit about yourself to get things started? Yeah, so uh, my name is Ashley Wiesen, and I live in southwest Minnesota with my husband, and my son turns one here in a few weeks, which is crazy. Um, So we, both my husband and I work in agriculture. Um, My day job is uh, as a grain buyer for a corn processing plant, and we raise registered limousine cattle with um, my in-laws. So um, that's just me in a nutshell. I'm just trying to navigate. motherhood, figuring out what the heck I'm doing, raising a little one and, um, business ownership. I didn't even say, but my sister and I own a boutique and I'm just in the process of starting a social media consulting business. So trying to navigate all that. And that's why I need a lot of cheap wine to get me. (laughs) I hear you. Oh man. And the, the ebbs of flow of life, right? Who doesn't need some good cheap wine every once in a while? Oh yeah. It's like a nightly occurrence sometimes. (laughs) So I want to start with what your day job is. And I know I always hate saying that because our side hustles usually take up more time than our day jobs. But anyways, yeah. um, talk us through a little bit about what you do as um, a corn buyer and all that kind of thing. Yeah, so pretty much I just work directly with, um, we have five um, elevators in our region. And so I work directly primarily buying into our corn processing plant. So we produce ethanol, we produce alcohol, we produce sweeteners. Um, And so I work farm direct. I'm directly working with, um, I have a list of about 85 customers and primarily I'm just working on buying their grain. Um, In a nutshell, it's a lot deeper than that. I spend a lot of time on farm, sitting at their kitchen tables, going through their financial situation, um, walking through where the markets are at, what break-even prices they need. Um, So it's a lot of back and forth to make sure that they're, not only are they getting um, financial value, but they're getting good customer service of a partner on their farm operation instead of just someone that's trying to meet their quota. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure it's a lot more than just 
numbers, right? There's a lot of people involved in it. And oh yeah. You and a lot of customers, you know, they it's more than one person running the operation. It's a father, son, it's an uncle, father, nephew. Like there's a lot of dynamics that go into it. And so kind of learning how to handle um the different family dynamics that go into it too can be interesting at times. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. Well families in agriculture, um that's obviously something that's huge. Um oh, yeah. the the factory farming type word that's being thrown around, I always kind of have to laugh because I don't know where that came from because yeah. it couldn't be further from that. It's families who are yeah, exactly. working together on these farms. So yep. dealing with that, I'm sure is um, something that keeps your days new all the time. <laughs> oh yeah. It's interesting. It's always funny to deal with like father-son duos because they just crack me up. Like the sons, the sons want to be in charge um but a lot of time and the fathers like say the sons are in charge but they're always not and yeah. <laughs> it's always fun but that's that's one like really satisfying part of the work is like when you start like when I started I have some customers who like the son wasn't even in the picture like he was still in college or whatever and now I'm working through like helping them in the transition of father to son and so that's just so cool to see like you know, the generations being passed down and how like important that legacy is and, and just getting to be a part of like those conversations is just so rewarding. Right. Well, and I'm sure too, like seeing agriculture continue on through it. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And seeing like, the, you know, the younger age group now, like they have their families and seeing how, like how long-term you think in agriculture, like I don't know if people understand outside of agriculture that like when we're making decisions, it's not, it's not for us. You know what I mean? Like exactly. my husband and I are in the process of buying my in-laws farm and all the decisions we're making, we're like, okay, so when our son takes over the farm, like when he has that opportunity and that's like, okay, that's 25 years down the road that we're thinking, but we're making those decisions today right. for him then. And so being able to see that too, just like in day-to-day -day work and seeing those families make those decisions like okay well hopefully one day my son wants to be here and I need to make decisions today so that it's still here for him yeah and that's a big part of it I like you said that people don't really realize is this is it's a it's family traditions and family livelihoods generations and yeah. generations where it's not just one day well in some situations it may be someone wakes up one day and decides to be a farmer but um in most cases it's not it's passed yeah. down the line yeah. And it's just leaving that legacy for your kids. Like what, you know, no one wants to be the generation that ruins it, but I don't think anyone has that intention ever. You right. know, it's just based on the decisions you're making today. Like you want this to withstand six, seven generations. And, and how do you need to formulate those decisions now so that seven generations last? Right. Well, and that's, that's a lot of weight on your shoulders. I was say, but that's stressful. Yeah. It is, but you just, I think that's just in, when you've grown up in agriculture, I just think it's like in your nature. I don't think you, I don't think you even second guess like how normal it is to think that long-term. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Even, um, so growing up, my parents are farmers and ranchers and they have a herd of cattle. And so when I left California, that was a huge deal. Like who's going to take over the cows type situation. And that was yeah. kind of, my brother wants absolutely nothing to do with the cows, yeah. but um, even just starting over in Texas. And I mean, we have three heifers, so it's not like we have a huge herd, but trying to figure out like, okay, 
will those cows come to Texas now? Like just the dynamics of it. And then again, mm -hmm. long-term, like what, what will this mean for our family and our family name and all that? It's just, exactly. it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is so stressful, but it's so rewarding too. Like thinking about what that future could look like for your family and your kids is just like so cool. Well, and the potential of it too, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Switching gears because I know there's well, actually, along the lines of families, so you guys are um, raising cattle, and what is your, I don't want to say purpose, because there's obviously a purpose, but what do you guys do with the cattle that you raise? Um, so we're actually in the process of starting to sell farm direct beef, okay. um, but we, we pretty much just, um, like, have them out, and then we keep our replacements back and sell the rest. Okay. Okay. So we don't, we don't feed out all the way. Uh, we just, I wish we had space to do it, but we just don't have enough space to right. feed them out. Well, and cost efficiency wise and all that stuff too, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And my husband and I both work full time and we aren't on the farm. My in-laws are, and my, my in-laws, they're getting older. I mean, they can't, you know, it would be a lot more work to have them there to feed out. So it, it works well for us, mm -hmm. but I mean, we could always use more space. Right. Everyone could always use a few. <laughs> yeah. <things, right? laughs> and so with this whole direct sales plan, what is kind of your goal through that? And what does that look like? Good question. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to just try and figure it out. We have been like getting steers butchered and stuff for years and just like family and friends, right. you know? Um, and so I think we're going to just try it out this year and see what happens. We were able to, we don't really have a USDA inspected locker, like very close to us. Um, and so we actually, this year were able to snag some spots. And so we were like, Hey, this is the year we're doing it. Like, let's give it a whirl and try. Um, and we'll see. I don't know. Um, our, our town has like a, just a cute little, um, farmer's market in the summer. And so I think we're going to kind of try that out. Um, all of our locker spaces are spaced like a month apart. So it's not like we'll ever have a large quantity at once to move. And so I think that might be the best route for us in the beginning, but, um, our first year goes in, in like two weeks. So now we're like, okay, what are we doing? How are we going to do this? <laughs> That's exciting though. Kind of another new business venture, right? Yeah. And it's something I think, um, a lot of my business ventures are like me and my husband's just kind of like, oh, by the way, I'm doing this. So now you're kind of like roped into it. Um, bless his soul. But this one, he's like super, you know, he, I mean, he's grown up that way. And he, I mean, we, we eat beef. I, I don't even know the last, I mean, we eat pork occasionally, but I don't even know the last time I had chicken or anything. So like, that's just normal to us. And he's so passionate about the cattle he raises and how good they are and feeding beef and how important that is for a healthy diet that I think he's really excited about this probably more than I am. So another thing is Ashley's husband loves spreadsheets. If you haven't, if you don't follow her on social media, first of all, you need to, but, um, I'm sure there's a spreadsheet for the beef business, right? There's a spreadsheet for <laughs> everything, like literally everything. And it's so cute because he'll be like, like even last night, I was like, what are you working on? Like we're sitting on the couch watching TV. I'm like, what are you doing? He's on his computer. He's like, I'm just running through some, some, some scenarios on my spreadsheet. Like, like what in the world? Like who does that for fun? But right? he loves it. Yeah. But that's awesome that you guys can do it together. And 
again, going back to all the family ties and leaving a legacy for your family and your kids um, and really have that family time together, especially because you do have full-time jobs away from the farm. Yeah. And I think it will be, it will be nice to have something that's like just ours too. Um, I love my in-laws, but the farm is like us together, you know? And so I think this will be really fun to have something that's just like our family. Yeah. Yeah. And you can do with it what you want and yeah. have other opinions and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yep. I would like to take a moment to thank and recognize our incredible sponsor, Hooked AF. You may remember Anna from episode four of Ag Chicks, but she's an entrepreneur who's making big moves in the world of agriculture, Western influencing, and business. And through her brand, Hooked AF, she's focused on encouraging, creating, and inspiring through her very own rural lens. Her latest ventures include Hooked on Business, which is a business-focused retreat for women, and Ranch Hand, Your Ranch in Your Hand, which is a cattle management app for ranchers. Follow along with all of Anna's happenings on her Instagram at hooked.af. Thank you, Anna, for your continued support of Agjicks. And so I was just, I, I don't, I'm an Enneagram three. I absolutely care so deeply about what people think and I don't want to fail. And so that's something I really have to work on. And so I was scrolling Google one night and like kind of watching YouTube videos and stuff. And I'd had, I'd had enough wine to encourage my decision And I just started ordering things like I just like, okay, I'm going to order the heat press. I'm going to order blank shirts. And I just like ordered everything I needed to start one night. And then it kind of the next morning I was like, oh, (laughs) I'm doing doing this. (laughs) Yeah. And thankfully my sister, she, her and I like are so opposite and I love that about us. And so she is very much like, I'm very much go with the flow, like we'll figure it out. I'm a dreamer and she's the logical, analytical, like detailed one. And so she came in. Um, so we own it 50-50 and I could, I could not do it without her because she very much keeps me on track. Um, and so that's just kind of how it started. Like I just had been thinking that, and it goes back to my Instagram bio about freedom is now that I'm a mom, I'm realizing how much time I spend away from my kid. And some days that's good. And some days it's bad. Um, and I just wanted, I wanted a creative outlet because when you become a mom, it's so much like you're doing stuff for other people. And so it was a little selfish in that, like, I want something that's mine that I enjoy. That's creative for me. Um, but also in the back of my head, I was like, Hey, if we can grow this to something, that's that much more freedom that I have. Um, and so, yeah, it was all sponsored by some cheap wine and <laughs> then I did it and I was like, oh my gosh, okay, now I'm doing it. And so, yeah, my sister and I, we do have, we do carry like regular boutique items that we're just kind of dabbling into, but a lot of what we do is graphic t-shirts um, and we make them ourselves. So we, it's like a blank shirt and your, pre- your print and then you press them together under like a professional heat press. So, so yeah, all the shirts I wore rural rooted were made by me like the day before we left so that I had stuff to wear. Stuff to wear. I love that. And so you guys, do you have a storefront or strictly online? Strictly online. online. Yep. Yep. We do it all out of our, out of my basement. So it's interesting, but I don't think we ever have the desire to do a storefront. We just, my sister works full-time too. And I just think that that's a little too much commitment for us. <laughs> yeah. Storefronts can be a lot. I mean, I personally yeah. do not have one, but I, for our other business, we don't want one just with all the added stress of overhead and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Employees yep. and all that. Yeah, exactly. 
I get it. And then now your new adventure that you just recently told the world about. Tell yes. us about that. Um, so when I started this boutique business, I kind of became obsessed with social media and just like learning how it ticks and how it works. Um, and then obviously like attending Rural Rooted is a lot about like a taking a deep dive into social media. And one thing that there's tons of social media coaches out there, like you can Google and find one instantly. But one thing that was always frustrating to me is I wanted, I wanted a social media coach that understood like the rural lifestyle mm-hmm. and how that plays into our business. Um, you can find coaches and they live in bigger cities, which is great. But like, I live in a town of 1800. So how can I grow my business when I don't actually have like any audience here physically to start with? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just felt like that was something that was missing. Um, And so that's kind of where it came from was just that need that I like wished I had a social media coach who like got that a little bit more. Um, And yeah, I just, I'm so obsessed with like looking at engagements and insights and hashtags and everything. And so I just was like, you know what, let's try this and see. And people wanted it, I guess. So here we are. Yeah, so you've launched another thing it. on my plate. So right? you, you, so you've launched it. And now at this point you're taking clients and how does the coaching work? Is it like they sign up for a session or what's the deal? Yeah. So I actually, like, I literally just launched this a few days ago. So, um, and like I said, I'm pretty good with the flow. So I don't really have a structured plan. Um, but I just took on free clients this week. So I took on a few clients for free, simply wanting like their feedback, like what, like, was this actually beneficial or are you like, no, this was a waste of my time. And so far I've gotten really great feedback, which has helped me feel a lot better that this is a need that it was, it's not just me who saw it. Other people saw that need too. Um, and I actually, um, have already booked, um, a workshop in September. So I'm really excited about that. So it just all kind of happened. I think from here, I'm, I'm going to go into a little bit more of like one-on-one. I think I thrive. I personally think I thrive better in like a one-on-one or very small group setting. I think that's where I could really show my skills and benefit those people versus a larger setting. So I think from here, um, one of the clients that I took on this last week, just for free, she was like, okay, tell me how much I owe you. Like, when can I book the next one? So I was like, okay, okay, I'll get on this. So I think that's just kind of where I'm going to start is taking on a few, um, clients meeting with them, maybe two times a month, monthly, and just kind of making sure they're staying on track with their social media strategy and then building from there. Yeah. I think that's a great game plan, especially starting out. And obviously like rural rooted was amazing. And the fact that we got all that information, all of the like spiritual journey thing that kind of happened while we were there, (laughs) but then now even personally, I'm feeling like, okay, great. But like, now what, like, how do I manage all of this? And And I think, I think some, I think that's a big part that plays into it is like the accountability. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I'm the same way. Like I, like there it's like, gosh, I had all these ideas and things flowing. And now I come home and I'm like, okay, so where do I go from here? Right. right. And I think sometimes it's so beneficial to just have that person to bounce your ideas off and then validate that like, yeah, you're doing it right. Or let's tweak it a little bit here. And, um, 
like so far everyone I've had a call with, they, they have strong Instagram games, but they're just at that point of like, I'm stuck. I'm stalled. Mm -hmm. Like, what do I need to do to take my next step forward? And so, um, I think that it's going to be very beneficial and especially for that accountability part. Like, okay, we talked about this. Now I see you implementing it. Let's keep going. Yeah, for sure. And especially with the rural agricultural type focus, if that's really kind of where you're going to hope to lie, um, especially because a lot of those people, like you said, are in small towns where they don't have a lot of accountability from a large audience or anything like that. It's, um, it's like a, it's like a trend, you know, like when fashion trends happen and it takes way longer to hit rural communities. It's, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the same thing where there's a lot of people in rural communities that still don't understand. Like I was trying to explain to some people about like rural rooted and what I was like, why I went and stuff. And they're like, so like you make money on social media. Like how exactly, like even my parents were like, I don't get how that works. Yes. like people pay you to be on social media. And I'm like, yeah, it's a crazy world out there, you know, (laughs) but in rural communities, I, I don't think there's a lot of people who understand that there definitely is, but I don't think they have someone like in their corner necessarily fighting for them and being like, no, this will work just because you live in a town of 1800 or 200, like the town I grew up in, like social media opens the entire world for possibilities for you and helping them see that but also being that cheerleader in their corner when a lot of people in rural areas just don't quite grasp that concept yet right well and exactly like you just said it expands that reach through social media I mean you can literally have followers in different parts of the world and yeah then they're getting your message or they're buying your product or whatever it may be so it opens up a whole new door yeah it's crazy because like even our boutique when we when we launched um our first four orders weren't even from the states we lived in so at the time I was living in Minnesota my sister was living in South Dakota and I think our first four orders were New Mexico Kansas Illinois and Oregon so it was like and they were people that were following us on social media that we didn't really like we kind of like oh okay that name is familiar but we didn't know them you know and so it's like it it totally expands your horizons Right. Absolutely. And again, going back to then feeling like you can contribute to your family and um, do things that don't necessarily have to be a farm wife or whatever the heck that role looks like for somebody on their operation, but kind of gives them another outlet. And I think that, I think a lot of it stemmed from that too. Um, Because like I said, when I became a mom, I just felt like I want to be home with him more, which I'm not right now. And I wish I could be, but I also knew that like, I, 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 if I ever got to that point to be home with him full time, I would need something for me to provide an income, to have that creative outlet, like something like that. And I think there's probably a lot of moms in rural areas that feel that way. Like I so desperately want to be home with my kids and be on the farm more and around my husband more, but I want to financially contribute and I want an outlet, but how do I do that? Yeah. And I feel like social media is your answer. No matter what type of business you have, I think it can grow and be successful by utilizing social media. Yes, a hundred percent. I think exactly what you just said. I think there's a lot more people and especially women out there who are going through that internal feeling of how can I do this? And yes, that's, that's the answer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, 
what else? Did we hit all the businesses? I think we did. We've got the we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I guess too, I just want your advice as somebody who is a woman in agriculture in a high kind of profile position as far as your day job with, um, you know, interacting with a lot of men, I'm sure. Um, what are some challenges with that? And then how do you kind of use that to fuel the rest of everything that you've got going on? Yeah, it. I did this job right out of college and I really struggled the first year because I was a 22 year old female working primarily with men over the age of 45. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, there was a lot of comments that got to me in the beginning. I had a lot of people that were like, I've been farming longer than you've been alive. Like you can't tell me anything. And I do think that I probably approached some of those conversations the wrong way that led them to have that response to me. Um, but now I've just, I've learned a little bit to let the comments like roll off my shoulders because I know that they, they don't mean them more often than not. You catch someone on a bad day and the tractors broke down and rain's coming and they need to get planting. And you happen to be the one that got, that it got taken out on. Um, but I also think that, um, my parents just really raised me to have a very outspoken personality and very independent and, um, conflict really doesn't bother me, stand up for yourself. And so I have had to have those conversations with customers before when comments have been made of like, you're a female in a man's world. Like, well, I have a college degree in this. I've worked in this for five years. I have a lot of experience. I've been very successful in it and I'm just here to help you. Like that's my job is to help them. And if they don't want that help, there's, there's nothing you can do. Um, but it, it's hard sometimes. And it's, I think one thing that, that bothered me that I really had to work on was, um, I would have my boss come out with me on farm with customers and I could meet with that customer four or five times. And like, we have great conversations. And as soon as my boss, who's a man walked in, it was those two conversing and I was kind of cut out. And just any advice I have for a female and egg is to stand up for yourself and make sure you're heard because for a while I just sat back and like, let them have that conversation. And I'm like, no, I can answer every single question that you're asking my boss and you're going to ask it to me. Mm -hmm. And it just was standing up for myself and interjecting in that conversation and just starting to answer those questions and letting them know that I'm just as capable as anyone else whether male, female, or how much experience they have, like I'm just as knowledgeable and I can help you with that. Yep. Yep. I think that's incredible advice and something that resonates with me as well. And I just, yeah, I mean, you can do just as much as you want to do or you don't want to do really. But um, at the end of the day, you just got to buckle down and get into it. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ashley, um, I want to thank you for your time and at this point, we're going to roll into our rapid fire questions if you are prepared and ready for those. Okay. Okay. The first question is, what was your first celebrity crush? Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, I don't even want to say this. Peyton Manning. I don't know why, but I oh, I was in love with him when I was younger. I don't know why. Maybe the the football thing. Yeah, NFL, I think so because that. then I rolled into JJ Watt like as I got older, oh, and yeah. so I'm like, I don't know, maybe it's just the athletic type. Yeah, it's the sure. football player thing. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, the second one is if you could travel back into time, what time period would you go to? That's a hard one. Well, I would go back to college in a college. Heartbeat. Oh, that's yeah. I would love to redo my college years. <laughs> would you like from what standpoint as far as like major or just like how you did things? Oh, just the social aspect. Yeah. No, I don't actually want to like go to class again. No, yeah. That's what <laughs> I, I just miss the social aspect because it's something you like you so take for granted that oh, like totally. you and your best friends all live in the exact same place or like live together. And now like we all live however far apart and don't get, you know, like working jobs that are crazy mm -hmm. and you just don't get to see them near as much. And I like, as I grow up, I'm like, man, I really took those years for granted. Totally. I know. I always tell my dad that college was great except for the school part. <laughs> yes. Yes. And like college was totally great. The social aspect was wonderful and school was okay. Yeah, it was there. <laughs> yeah. And then the last question is, what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, cookies and cream for mm -hmm. sure. That's a good one. That's a good one. I think it I'm was actually invented at the at SDSU where I went to college. Oh, so, really? Well, yes. there you go. Yep. There you go. Fun fact. <laughs> well, Ashley, thank you so much for taking time to spend with me today and chat about all of the things you have going on. Um, what are some ways people can connect to you if they are wanting to find out more or just get in touch? Uh, the best way to connect with me is on Instagram. My handle is at Ashley Wiesen. And so it's W-I-E-S-E-N. Perfect. And I'll tag that in the description box. Um, and again, thanks for, for chatting with me. And um, hopefully those who are listening got some inspiration from this. And I can't wait to see everything that you're doing continue to grow and take off. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun to catch up and chat with you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ag Chicks. Don't forget to follow along on social media at AgChicks on Instagram and Facebook and that every episode has a visual version on YouTube on the AgChicks channel.